You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, The Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to The Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey and we're the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Yes. <laughs> You've just crossed over <laughs> into The Trend Zone. In today's episode, we'll talk some big names, hanging it up. The coaching carousel taking a strange spin, a little spring football, and we'll recap the AFC and NFC championship games. But Casey, before we get to that, let's get it with a nug for the people. Yeah, dude. And what you know, the old saying, a friend with weed is a friend indeed, dude. On the first <laughs> of February, the NFL announced an award of one million dollars in research. Funding two teams, uh, one at UC San Diego and University of Regina. The studies will investigate the effects of cannabinoids on pain management and neuroprotection from concussion in elite football players. So they're looking into little pain management um, with uh, hippie lettuce. So um, the NFL <laughs> is finally coming around, dude. Yeah, they're going to be passing out doobies at the end of the game, bro. <laughs> I love it. Right, man. <laughs> Sounds good. Now, do you have to be an NFL player to participate in the study, Casey? <laughs> no, you just have to like football. All right. <laughs> Count me <laughs> in. <laughs> Clinical research is our favorite. <laughs> Doing some independent research over here. All right, Casey. We'll move on to the top trending stories uh, for this week's show. Uh, and obviously some big names retiring. Let's get it started with Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Terrific finally calling it quits after 22 years, and uh, I, we'll never see anything like this guy again. It's been yep. absolutely insane, and I've come around from hating him so much to uh, appreciating what he has done, especially coming over, dude, last year and winning the Super Bowl his first year with the Bucks. But yeah. um, let's go ahead and look at his... Uh, how long is this show, Dave? I'm going to try to get in his um, all-time <laughs> ranks. Most wins, yeah. Pro Bowls, 15, Super Bowl MVPs, 5, um, 316 starts, over 7,000 completions, um, 624 touchdowns, 101 three-touchdown games, and 39 four-touchdown games, Dave. Damn. First all-time in all of those. And that's just regular season, bro. Yeah, that's not all. In postseason, Casey, he's out in front by a long shot. 19 postseason games, uh, uh, 47 games started. No, 19 appearances in season. So postseason appearances, including 47 games uh, with 35 wins. So a great postseason record. 10 Super Bowls, seven, uh, seven Super Bowl wins. Uh, most completions, most passing yards at over 13,000 in the postseason. Passing touchdowns, 86. Game-winning drives, 14. Fourth quarter comebacks, 9. It's insane how many uh, records he holds, both in the regular season and in postseason. Dude, dude 10 goal. Super Bowl appearances in 22 <laughs> seasons. Those young punks in New England didn't know how good they had it. They're going to find out, like the rest of us now, that it's not so easy. Tommy just made it look that way, bro. Yeah. No question, dude. It was uh, yeah, it's we'll never see it. Like you said, I mean, just to get there would just about and, you know, take the rest of our lives first. Like if somebody just started right now on this <laughs> 22 year journey, you know what I mean? To get there, to stack Crazy. up all these numbers, it's out of control. Well, Casey, not only was it uh, Tom Brady, uh, but Big Ben also uh, hanging him up this year. Yeah, dude. Last of the uh, 2004 draft class, Ben had three Super Bowl appearances, too. 
Um, so he's taking one with the, with him into the, you know, for sure, right into the Hall of Fame. It kind of, I don't know if that's cool or it sucks that they're going to go in, uh, him and Brady in the same, you know, draft or yeah. Super Bowl class or uh, Hall of Fame class. Spinning out of control here, Dave, I'm in that coaching carousel. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Big Ben's been a staple of the NFL for a long time, too. And now you're looking at these yeah. last couple of years. We lose Eli. We lose Breeze. Brady and Big Ben throw Rivers in there, too. These guys, potentially, I would say Rivers is in there, all Hall of Famers. Yeah, I would have to agree with that, no question. A lot of Super Bowl appearances and wins uh, tallied up among uh, that group of guys, for sure. Three Super Bowls for former Chargers. <laughs> That's right, Eli Rivers and Breeze. <laughs> collectively, very, very impressive. <laughs> All right, Casey, <clears throat> enough of that stuff. So um, let's move it along. So the coaching uh, carousel has uh, taken a little bit of a weird spin with this story uh, that has come out about Brian Flores and his he's not really uh, on board with this whole um, Rooney rule. He doesn't think it's really clicking anymore, Casey. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's coming out and he's suing the NFL and a couple of teams saying that it's kind of a, a sham of a process. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's some um, there's definitely some weight to that. And it's mm-hmm. going to be a good thing for them to look at this thing as a whole and make sure that that process is good. And we don't want some arbitrary bullcrap system that, you know, candidates are just getting interviewed because of this, but they definitely need uh, minority candidates definitely need a seat at the table. So hopefully this opens a bigger discussion. Hopefully it doesn't kill his future as a head coach out there. Got to, you know, give it to him for standing up and making, you know, an issue of this when he's currently doesn't have a job. But Dave, a really disturbing um, bit of that's come out of this is Stephen Ross, dude, the the owner of the Dolphins, mm-hmm. saying, uh, you know, there's a little payola for tanking. And if that's the case, dude, um, that's some heaviness that's about to drop. Yeah, there's like two real distinct stories to this whole uh, lawsuit that Brian Flores has brought forth, this class action lawsuit. And Casey, you mentioned the the one has to do with the racial thing there. And I don't know uh, how he's going to necessarily build up a case for that. But if there is evidence that uh, Stephen Ross and Jimmy Haslam have actually bribed coaches and GMs to lose football games, then that is an enormous story, especially in this modern day of gambling and the NFL's association with gambling. And then you've got these guys that are uh, that are tanking uh, their teams. No doubt it happens in, in other sports. Basketball is certainly well known uh, for, you know, trusting the process, et cetera, et cetera. And there's something to be said for saying, hey, we want to see the young guys out there sort of like that, like wink, quick, nudge, nudge. We don't, you know, let's just uh, you know, not necessarily focus on winning, but developing talent and stuff. But if there's evidence that he's he was paying Flores to lose to throw football games, then that's that is an enormous uh, integrity of the game issue. And I think Stephen Ross would be forced to sell the sell the football team if that were the case. Yeah, dude. And now with this story coming out, we just gave Adam Gase a parachute. He's like, hey, I was just making money. That's why I'm such a terrible coach. (laughs) I was told to lose games. Exactly. (laughs) It's a new defense uh, mechanism for failed coaches, right? Oh, man. (laughs) So, hey, Casey, that's not the only story out there in terms of the coaching situation, though. A lot of uh, more, uh, I guess, positive uh, stories here in this coaching carousel as it spins around. Uh, Let's get it started with the Giants. 
Yeah, and dude, it was funny. Last week when we were doing the show, nothing had kind of broken. And then the day after, just everything started spinning out of control. But <laughs> right. um, yeah, the Bills have obviously been stripped now because of their success. Brian Dable, he's the new head coach of the Giants, and I'm not really liking that guy coming into my division. Um, they got a new GM too, Joe Schoen, and he's, he's data uh, he likes data innovation instead of analytics. So whatever the hell that means, but you know that Dable's got Semantics. the last yeah, <laughs> few years of having a ton of success, not only with that offense, but specifically developing Josh Allen. This was a guy that came into the league and uh, was not accurate. And he's been pretty close to being a league MVP the last couple of years. So they're hoping he can work a little of that mojo uh, with Daniel Jones. Yeah, no question. The biggest uh, order here is to see if you can salvage Daniel Jones and turn that his career around. If that's the case, then Dable's the right guy for this job. Otherwise, he'll be the guy that uh, gives that a go and then tries it with the next quarterback that they draft <laughs> uh, or can acquire. Perhaps they can acquire one through free agency. So we'll see about that. Up next, Casey, the Denver Denver Broncos found their guy. Yeah, you mean the Packers West? <laughs> They're bringing like in Packers OC Nathaniel Hackett. He's the new head coach Endeavor, and he's bringing his tight end coach Justin Outen as his new OC. And Dave, keeping it in the uh, the Bronco family, Clint Kubiak is going to be the QB coach and passing game coordinator. But dude, Coops. all this Packer action coming out to the Broncos. Is this a little foreshadowing? There's going to be a new number twelve. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Broncos have been a a player away, Casey, for a number of years now. They're that they're that team, and certainly it worked in the past for Elway when he brought Manning in and inserted him uh, onto a team that could run the football and play good defense. Sure enough, you end up with a Super Bowl title out of that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if this is the destination for a uh, certain disgruntled and um, immunized. Uh, superstar quarterback. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Up next, we got the Chicago Bears. They also uh, have uh, cleared house and, and brought some new guys in. Yeah, they brought in Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. And uh, the Colts have had one of the best defenses in the last couple of years. This guy was a linebacker coach with the Cowboys a few years ago, and he's done a really nice job there. So um, the Bears going the opposite route. They had an offensive guy in there. Now they're going to try to build with defense, kind of get those monsters of the midway um, going again. So um, I definitely like Eberflus. I think he's a rising talent in the league. I agree with that, Casey, but their their situation certainly also is going to be interesting in, in terms of who they get in there to sort of uh, manage Justin Fields' development, because that's obviously a huge, huge element of this team moving forward, even though he's not the guy that this GM picked. So we'll see. You know, then why did they doesn't... go out and get Josh McDaniels, Dave? <laughs> well, Josh McDaniels, Casey, is on another squad right now. That takes us segue into the Raiders coaching hire. Yeah, McDaniels hired um, by the Raiders. Uh, Bisacci didn't quite do enough to hold on to that team, which is kind of a bummer. But it was McDaniels that bailed out on getting the uh, the Colts gig a couple years ago. But now he's ready to take the helm again. He thinks he's learned a lot from his past experience in Denver and then bailing out on the Colts and going back um, to the Patriots. So um, it's definitely interesting high. And we'll see if he has a little better success uh, than he did last time. He was the main dude. Interestingly, the Raiders are in, have the habit of firing coaches that take them to the playoffs and replacing them with other dudes. It was Jack Del Rio that got him to the playoffs yep. previously. He got axed after that season 
and they brought in Gruden. And then, of course, uh, Basaccia got him to the playoffs this year. He gets the axe in uh, in favor of Josh McDaniels. Interesting indeed, Casey. A couple of jobs have not been filled, uh, but we got a little progress in some of them and not so much in others. Yeah, the Jags still don't have their head coach, but they do have a new GM, or they will. Adrian Wilson, the Cardinals exec, is coming over there. I would like to see Leftwich get that gig there in Jacksonville and kind of be the dude coming home now and control. He's awesome. had obviously a ton of success in Tampa Bay, so we'll see what he wants to do. Vikings, Casey, what about them? Well, they have a GM, too, Adolfo Mensa. He's in there, not a head coach yet, but the word was on Wednesday that Jim Harbaugh would be interviewing for that position, and I think he's ready to bounce right on out of there if a pro gig comes his way, and that might be a good fit. No doubt about it, Casey. A couple more gigs still available. Yeah, we still have the Dolphins looking for their guy, the Saints and the Texans um, still in the head coaching um, search department. So we should yeah. see something uh, sooner than later, especially now with those staffs from the, uh, the Niners and the Chiefs no longer busy. They're available for interviews right now, Casey, <laughs> as we speak. So, of course, if you want one of the staff of the Rams – uh, or the Bengals, you'll have to wait a little bit longer. All right, Casey, um, up next. Next story is a good one. Every year, it seems lately, a spring league springs up, <laughs> and we're stoked. And then it doesn't even make it through a season sometimes. Um, this is uh, very exciting, Casey. The USFL uh, announced Thursday uh, that Fisher, Jeff Fisher, former NFL coach, will coach the Michigan Panthers. Uh the spring league has been bringing together coaches and it sounds like a pretty nice list. Why don't you uh, touch up on some of these guys and who they'll be coaching? Yeah. You mentioned Jeff Fisher. He's the Michigan Panthers head coach, Mike Riley, the New Jersey generals, yeah, uh, former, charger. Charge, former charger. <laughs> Kirby Wilson will be the, the coach of the Pittsburgh Maulers. Birmingham stallions will be led by coach Skip Holtz. Um, son of the uh, former Domer coach there and uh, college um, staple Houston Gamblers led by Kevin Sumlin, nice college coach there. Todd Haley with the Tampa Bay Bandits, plenty uh, of NFL New experience there. That's right, New Orleans Breakers, uh, Larry Fedora, and Philadelphia Stars coach Bart Andrews, who we yeah. uh, had some workings with back in our UFL days. Yeah, no question. And he also has a little CFL background as well as he was also in that spring league, which ultimately was the league that pivoted into becoming the USFL. And it was actually, I thought it was a pretty entertaining football league last spring. Uh, didn't get a lot of the push that this one's getting though. Yeah. And I love the nostalgia of bringing back these um, teams and the logos and the design of all that uh, based out of one city, got these, uh, you know, the expenses down. So those are a couple factors going in. Hopefully this survives. Hopefully the NFL gets on board and kind of pumps this up because we could use a spring league developmental league. And uh, yeah. I have that big gap in my schedule from March <laughs> until the end of August where I need something to fill my time. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and I, I agree with you hundred percent that the, the business model in this one, all the players in one area in Birmingham, yeah. Alabama, playing all the games right in that one area. So no cost. They don't give a crap right now about uh, fans being in the building. It's about a product that's being put on TV and, uh, we just cross, cross our fingers. They just make it through one. 
season. That's right. And then uh, then we can start to try and stack seasons. All right, Casey, speaking of exciting football action, nothing's more exciting <laughs> than the, the nail-biting, cutthroat, fist fight, whatever you want to call it, that is the Pro Bowl in the uh, in the NFL. And that, this weekend it'll be in Las Vegas. Yeah, dude, it's great to see guys out there with nothing on the line really playing so intensively, you know, and like really putting it out there and risking it. No, that game gets serious with about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, but we're glad to have it. It's kind of going to push us on the, the bye week in between, you know, the Super Bowl. But the interesting thing is, um, you know, last year the Ravens proposed a spot and choose um, overtime procedure. I'm not down with that. Just give me a possession each in playoff overtime, and I'm cool with that. But they're going to use that to start both halves um, for this Pro Bowl, which is pretty interesting, which is also mean there won't be any kickoffs. So um, this is a good opportunity to try some stuff and see what works and hopefully, you know, spark some good ideas that they can be implemented into actual NFL games in the next season or two. Yeah, so we'll see how that works. I'm not into too much gimmickry, uh, gimmicky stuff there and spot and choose. I'm, I'm a no-go on that for the regular NFL. But, hey, this game's, you know, it is what it is. It's what a, do you it's do? You like the the fourth of fifteen instead of an onside kick? Um, you know what? I I still think the onside kicks could use some tweaking. Uh, it seemed like the uh, the last spring league, I believe, the UFL um, had sort of an interesting take on kickoffs. Maybe some uh, new formation limitations might be the 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 answer there. So I'm not 100 percent sold on that one just yet, Casey. Yeah. All right. So moving along, Casey, and this is pretty exciting. Both you and I have, for some reason, really, really enjoy um, the uniform discussion, new uniforms and everything. And the Washington FTs, the football team, are no more, Casey. Introducing. It's a new new day, Dave. The Washington Commanders, the worst kept secret in all of football. It (laughs) leaked everywhere. I'm not sure what I think about the name. But I'm really digging the uniforms. Um, they have that alternate uni, so they have three out there. Um, not the best pictures on their website, but you get a little taste of them all. They have this um, black-on-black one that is my favorite of the three. Um, I mean, I hate the football team anyway, so it's not like I'm going gaga over this. But it is cool to see a new uni and a new look, and they finally have yeah. a name that's going to last. Yeah, for sure. And I actually, when we first heard the Commanders, I was like, eh. No, in the last 24 hours, I've got to say, it has picked up a little momentum for me. I like it. And then when I started to look at those uniforms, I love the matte um, helmets, the, the matte paint jobs on the helmets. Those are sweet looking. And I think the um, just some of the touches are pretty nice on the white uniform. I like the the interesting pat- pattern on the, the numbers as well as on the sleeves. And uh, they have a nice little patch uh, on the back. Uh, that says, you know, they were when they were established and stuff. I think it's a pretty nice, uh, not overdone and, and looking clean and everything. And the black uniform has that sort of that nameplate look to it, the military yeah. style nameplate. And on that one, their their names on the back also feature that sort of that nameplate uh, look to them. So I'm pretty uh, pretty stoked about this. This is for me, uniform wise, an upgrade and name wise, definitely also an upgrade. So and, uh, I'm know, on board. But- that's cool on that white jersey. You know, you have that little uh, fading pattern with the diamonds on the the right. shoulders there. The yes. numbers on that 
do the opposite of that. So it's kind of cool, like filling right. that's the negative space on the shoulder, and they do the opposite number. So there's some cool stuff going on there. Very cool. They're going to sell a bunch of those. So um, for sure, <laughs> we're always fans of the new uniforms, Dave. Always. No question, dude. I could. Uh, who's next? <laughs> That's right. Come on. Give me an alternate jersey, baby. I love it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they did have the alternate black helmets too, Casey, which is another thing. Knowing that the NFL is heading towards that opportunity for both for every team to have two helmets. Their uh, alternate helmet is that black helmet that goes with their black uniforms, and I think that that's that was good forward thinking on their or their on their part. I'm not sure if the two helmet rule comes into play this year. I think it does. So hopefully we'll see those uh, in full effect with those black helmets. Very cool. All right, Casey, let's take a look back at the action, the AFC, the NFC Championship games. Get it started. Yeah, dude, let's do the AFC Championship first. And shocker here, baby, the Bengals beat the Chiefs 27-24 in overtime. Dave, what the hell happened? Dude, I'll tell you. what a, It's like a, a, a sort of a game of two halves in a lot yeah. of ways. Um you know, the, the, the Chiefs look like the Chiefs, like we expected them to look in the first half as they got out to, I believe it was uh, you know, like three touchdowns early there. Uh, Mahomes was absolutely on fire early on initially when they had, they got themselves a 21-3 lead. We thought this was going to be a dud, basically. Uh, but Mahomes had been 17 of 19 with three touchdowns and then wow. followed that up with nine of 20 and two picks again, that tale of two halves really unbelievable that they had that big of a lead and were able to let it slip away. Yeah, dude. Speaking of let it slip away, let's go back to the end of the second quarter, dude. They're sitting there with a goal to go. Uh, They don't get in five seconds left, no timeouts. They run a play and Mahomes throws that pass outside of the end zone to Tyreek Hill who gets taken down. They were just too cavalier about not taking the point. You take the damn points in the playoffs, man. They had three given there. You take it. I don't know yep. if it would have been the difference in the game. I'm not Maybe. a numbers guy, but there yeah. was a three-point difference at the end of this thing. But yeah. you just, you know, you can't be that sloppy. That's the stuff that will lose you a game. Maybe you have a chance, throw it in the damn end zone. And if Pat Mahomes is not aware of that, then that's on Andy Reid to let him know that, hey, no matter what, we have to get a playoff. Just too sloppy and too careless. And it ended up costing them, dude. No question. This isn't the first time Andy Reid has been accused of being uh, a poor manager of the clock. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's sort of something that's haunted him as great of a coach as he has been in the NFL in his career there and all the wins he's uh, accumulated. That's one thing that he still hasn't necessarily been great at. But, man, you got to also credit, um, you know, in the second half that the way the game sort of turned and the momentum went over to Cincinnati, you got to really credit that Cincinnati D and the defensive coordinators and the scheme yeah. they came up at seemed like they backed off attacking uh, Mahomes with pass rush, and they really played uh, coverage. And they, I think they kind of just frustrated Mahomes, and then he ultimately was just throwing into coverage, and he wasn't nearly as successful as when they were sort of throwing a couple extra bodies at him in terms of the pass rush, and he was juking those guys out and then finding wide-open dudes. Yeah, you know, and he's used to having those wide open guys and that Mahomes magic stuff. You're good for a couple of those a game, but that can't you can't go to the well too many times and you get sizzled when you do like all the scrambling around, moving around, trying to find somebody lobbing it. You know, 
that's all great if it's not all the time. When that's your plan for every down, it just doesn't work there, dude. And let's go back to the Cincy offense a little bit, man. They have been running sure. the damn rock all through the playoffs. And we know about Joe Mixon. He had a really nice game, 21 carries, 88 yards, over four yards of carry. But my biggest run of this game was in the fourth quarter at third and seven. Joey B's about to get his head yep. ripped off by Chris Jones. He avoids that and cruises, does that little hop step and get picks up a big first down. And at the point that happened, we we're like, dude, if the Bengals win this game, we're coming back. That to was this a play. huge play. And it, it was, was absolutely it was huge. A couple of times he took off and moved the chains with his legs uh, and showed his athleticism. Uh, exceptional. Uh, no doubt by Joe Burrow, really just getting it done there. And, you know, they, they really didn't have a great run, you know, performance there. I mean, outside of uh, Burrow's 25 yards on five carries, it was just uh, 91 yards total rushing. They just for the stick team. with it. You know, you keep yeah. going and make sure you mm -hmm. get your attempts. T Higgins had a great game, but Dave, you were mentioning the offensive line for these Bengals as a big part of what kind of turned this Absolutely. game around. Absolutely. And that's, that was definitely a huge point that I thought previously uh, in the prior playoff games, uh, the Bengals had gotten sacked nine times. That was an, uh, an enormous concern with Chris Jones and, uh, Melvin Ingram uh, attacking him, and they only gave up one sack wow. in that game. And so that was an enormous performance out of that offensive line, buckling down and somehow protecting the quarterback as they did. And then uh, obviously, you know, just giving up the one sack. I mean, that is unbelievable. Cincinnati also did win the time of possession in this game by about uh, six minutes or something. So another interesting um Interesting stat that kind of seems to have gone with it. The third down efficiency, the Chiefs were 50%. They were one, They were the best team during the regular season, Casey. Yeah. But in this game, they were outshined by the Bengals, who converted at a, at a, at a rate of 57% on third down. So really, really an impressive all-around performance from the Bengals on several different fronts. Yeah, dude. And they, you know, they shut the Bengals defense, shut down the big play. Now you look at this Chiefs team, besides Kelsey and Hill, no one really scares you on this team anymore. And you got to think, is this a failure? One Super Bowl with all mm -hmm. of this supposed talent there? You know, I don't know. It's it's it'll be interesting to see what happens then. You know, you go to go to Super Bowl, you win it, go to Super Bowl, lose it. Now you lose a championship game. They lose the divisional game next year. I don't know. I like the sound of this. <laughs> you know, get there and you got a young quarterback that's as talented as Mahomes. You think, hey, we're going to be. You know, we're going to have every chance in the world at being back every single year. And they, they certainly have, uh, you know, given themselves an opportunity, but they only cashed in on the one victory there. So, uh, and you look at all the uh, quarterbacks in your AFC now, and Oof. maybe Aaron Rodgers coming to that division too, man. It is stacked over there, dude. It's going to be tough to get back. No question about it, dude. No question. All right. Let's move on, Casey. Uh, the NFC championship game was a pretty amazing performance as well as the Rams eked out a W over the 49ers by a score of 20 to 17. But what the hell happened? <laughs> Dude, this was almost like the opposite of the week 18 game that got the Niners into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, Niners had a, a 17, nothing lead and the, uh, or 10 to 17, seven, I should say going into the fourth quarter and the Rams found a way to get back in this thing, dude. And, um, 
you know, it was very tough sledding for both of these guys on the ground. I think that might have been the biggest difference in this one. The last couple of wins for the Niners, they ran all over this Rams defense, and the yeah. Rams really buckled down. And yeah, they only gave up 50-yard rushing, Casey. 50 so, yards rushing, dude. To the to a team that's one of the best rushing teams in the league. Uh, and Elijah Mitchell, uh, 1.8 yards a carry, 20 yards on wow. a lap. And then really Debo Samuel, their Mr. Everything, he ran the ball seven times, but only 3.7 yards a carry. So they really had a great game plan for for not losing the game the way that that Shanahan and the 49ers wanted to win that game. You know, yeah, totally a a great counter for that, uh, without a doubt. And ultimately, the Rams weren't really successful rushing the football all that much either. So um, then this game sort of shifted to, all right, well, which quarterback would you want um, having to to win this game for you? And uh, it was uh, Jimmy Garoppolo who was outplayed ultimately by Matthew Stafford. Kind of a couple of breaks in there though, Casey. Absolutely, dude, especially the interception dropped by Tart. We talked about this earlier. There was plenty of time left in the game. But when we saw him catching that, it felt like that was going to be a wrap to me. If he gets that, they drive, they burn some time off the clock, kick a yeah. field goal or anything. They still had control of that game. But Huge. when you drop that interception, you know what happens the next. The football gods fails. punish you, man. They come back and punish for for, for dropping the one of the easiest picks he could have possibly imagined. It, it was coming straight to uh, Tart there. So uh, for him to not pull that in. And like you said, there was still plenty of time left, but it, it could have been that turning point in the game that they were up by three at that point. The Niners were if they're able to convert a touchdown and use up a little clock. Bye bye Rams. Right. Yeah. But uh, that's not know, what happened, Casey. No. And the front for these Niners, five sacks against the Cowboys, five sacks against the Packers. Only two last week. They did hit, you know, Stafford a few times, but only two takedowns. And that was a big part of this. And, dude, Cooper freaking Cup, bro, what yeah. is the deal with this cat? I mean, he's he's <laughs> right now the best receiver in the league. And you just, you know, I, it's amazing how good he is and how uh, you know that it's gonna, he's going to get the, the targets and stuff. Got 14 targets, 11 catches, 142 yards, and two touchdowns. You know he's he's that good, and yet somehow nobody can cover him. Yeah, nobody can cover. It's crazy. And now OBJ is really becoming a huge yeah. uh, part of this offense, too. It was kind of just going to be complimentary until Robert Woods went down. Now he's really stepping up as that number two, pretty much a one A. If he's on any other team, he's a one A, maybe with Cooper Cup. He's down there a little bit. But we got to yeah. give it up for uh, Kendall Blanton, dude. Tyler Higby yeah. went down in this game and Blanton did not wither under the bright lights. Yeah, five targets, five catches, 57 yards for Blanton, and some big-time plays, some real timely plays to move the chains for Kendall Blanton. So he does does deserve a lot of credit. Um, you know, it was a heck of a performance. What can you say? Um, the the uh, it was it was cutthroats down to the end there, but the Rams uh, found a way to get it done, dude. Yeah, dude, and you look over, who's the leading tackler for this Los Angeles Rams team? <laughs> that would be former Chaja, former Raven, uh, Eric Weddle. And out of retirement, Casey, uh, we said it last week, off the beaches uh, in San Diego or Santa Monica or wherever the heck he was. And, uh, yeah, I got to love it for him. He was He was never able to get to the Super Bowl. Now he's going to one. Yeah, and this cat stayed ripped. He said he was working out – 
like a beast being ready. And he also said, now I don't have to worry. I've got one more game, so I'm leaving it all out on the field. So stoked for him. Such a great guy when he was in San Diego, huge part of the community and just well-respected around the league. Yeah. Um, just a, what a, a rad story and a great opportunity. And he's definitely seizing that opportunity. Dude. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, just for him to get that Super Bowl would certainly be special. Obviously, um, you know, everybody, you know, that's that gets a Super Bowl ring has got to feel like, that, you know, <laughs> it's a super special moment. But a long, long career. And for him to come out just for this postseason run and put it together like he has. Uh, I think he played every snap last weekend uh, wow. and and really uh, was was doing a great job. He's going to be challenged, though, Casey, uh, when it comes to the Super Bowl with that receiving core that they'll be facing. Speaking of, Casey, Super Bowl 56 coming up, dude. Oh, yeah. Our Los Angeles Rams technically at the Cincinnati Bengals because technically the Chargers are hosting this Super Bowl, but we share the SoFi <laughs> between us. But Rams at Bengals, dude, I heard mm, zero people at the beginning of the season with this matchup. Yeah, I think, well, certainly uh, people had their had their thoughts about the Rams maybe getting there when they acquired Stafford. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bengals were one of the uh, longest odds to make it. So if you were a dude that bet you know, a hundred bucks or 20 bucks on the Bengals before the season started, you are cashing in right now on those long odds. <laughs> yeah. To, I mean, the Bengal fan that's down like 20 G's that bets a hundred bucks every year for yeah. the Just Bengals. Just doesn't go to Paying off, baby. <laughs> I swear. It all comes together. All right. We'll have plenty to say uh, about that, Casey. Quick reminder, reminder for the people. We'll have our astronomical Super Bowl preview show for you guys next week. You do not want to miss it. And you don't have to because this show that you're listening to right now, The Trend Zone, is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever the heck you get your podcast, Casey. Yeah, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. And make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. All right, or just go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. Enjoy the Pro Bowl, folks. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Trenzo. For Casey, I'm Dave, and we are out of here.